Hello, and welcome once again. For those of you who don't know me, and for those of you who do, my name is Danica Minarski. I live far away now in the urban land of St. Paul, but until I left, I was a member of this congregation for about seven years. I'm a junior studying economics and business at the University of St. Thomas. Despite the numeric nature of my schoolwork, I've always been incredibly fond of the arts. Ever since I was young, I've watched my mom sing and dance around the house. I've watched my brother use every possible service as a piece of percussion equipment, including the back of my seat on long car rides. I've also watched my closest friend grow as an artist and find his creative passion. He's made me countless knickknacks from cute sketches on sticky notes to fully painted canvases. I've always been incredibly grateful for his art. Not only do I get to, him, get to see him pursuing such a strong, innate passion of his, but I also get cool decorations in my apartments. <laughs> my space is filled with trinkets I've collected over the years. These trinkets tell the story of my life and the lives of my loved ones, and they're an amazing way to tell stories about the things and people that I hold dear. Although it's not a handcrafted gift, my mom gave me her old set of silverware when I moved into my first apartment. I was incredibly grateful as both a college student and a lover of her silverware. I got to keep a familiar piece of my childhood with that set of silverware. When I eat a rush bowl of cereal in the morning and try to pry something open with a butter knife, I get to think of my mom. I think of all the meals I've shared with my family, my mom's threats to both my brother and I when we were misbehaved to feed us cream spinach and toast, which is an absolutely awful thought to someone younger than 10. <laughs> and meals that went horribly awry, but that we kept laughing through despite the chaos. By having my mom's silverware, I get to keep a part of her with me in my everyday life, despite being almost 200 miles away. I also get to tell my friends that the reason all of my spoons are bent slightly too far is that my brother and I often used to forego the use of an ice cream scoop and simply dig into a brick of ice cream without any patience for it to melt just a little bit first. I've learned to gain fondness for the things in my life, whether they're full of fond memories or bent slightly out of shape. I had a bowl that my friend gave me when we were younger. It was just a simple, clear glass bowl but it had a small cartoon whale painted at the bottom with a little heart above his head. It was a perfect size for holding smaller things like my keys, chapstick, wallet, anything that I needed ready access to. The best part was that once I removed my things, I got to see a whale smiling up at me right before I left my home. When I moved out on my own, I gave that bowl its own special spot on my shoe rack. And whenever I left my apartment, that adorable whale smile was there to remind me of my friend. Unfortunately, however, that whale bow is no longer with me. Back in February of this year, I made the brave decision to adopt a cat of my own. I've grown up with cats all my life and living away from both them and family caused loneliness to slowly trickle into my life. I was living away from home in my own place for the first time and not having the chaos of family or college dorm life around me made me realize just how much I missed drunk college students at ungodly hours of the night. Naturally, I decided to adopt an orange cat to compensate for my lack of chaos. When I went to the shelter, 
Sunny, this cat walked right up to me and flopped into my lap. I took him home with me a couple days later and we've been inseparable since. As a side note, in case you are not familiar with cats, particularly orange cats, they are a different species entirely. The first time my mom met Sonny, he quickly earned the nickname The Orange Menace. <laughs> he has since earned other names such as Chaos Demon, Crazy Man, and most importantly, Handsome Boy. <laughs> While Sonny and orange cats in general are absolutely adorable, his endless energy and general craziness have definitely changed my life drastically. For starters, during the first month of living with Sonny, during a bout of Zoomies, where he runs around like a madman until he falls asleep, uh, Sonny broke the whale bowl that I got from my friend. It was sitting on its shelf, holding my wallet and keys because I had come home for the night until it was launched to the ground and promptly shattered. Of course, right after cleaning up the mess, I sent a message to my friend, telling him what became of the bowl. I was honestly devastated. It was just a small bowl that I'd had forever, but at that moment, I realized just how much it meant to me. Practically, there were probably thousands of whale bowls I could have found online to replace it, but the thought of living without that tiny, smiling whale that my friend had painted, painted was devastating. I felt like I had betrayed my friend. I knew that bull, that the bull breaking was an accident and that those happen, especially when chaotic cats are involved. But I still couldn't help but profusely apologize to my friend. That was his bull that he painted for me and it was broken. I must admit, I cried a little while I was sweeping up the glass. The bull absolutely shattered and picking up small fragments of that familiar whale smile made me realize how temporary smiles and possession and especially glass can be. Of course, my friend didn't care at all about the accident. He was far more amused at the idea of my cat launching a glass bowl through the air. I was angry at Sonny for a couple hours. I had to change a lot of the aspects of my apartment to accommodate him, and protecting my fragile trinkets would be another step. I didn't want to have to hide every valuable item in my home just to prevent it from breaking. Part of the joy of keeping so many pieces of my life is to be fond of how far I've come and the memories that I've made. It's hard to keep that fondness when everything is packed away in bubble wrapping in boxes. I thought to myself a while of why I got a cat in the first place. I wouldn't need to consider hiding away my trinkets and my whale bowl wouldn't be broken if I hadn't gotten a cat. I thought of my mom and the chaos of her house with two cats and two crazy children, and despite all the chaos and broken glass that's been cleaned up in her home, I wouldn't change it for the world. I don't want to live in a home devoid of memory and love, and I don't want to live in a home without chaos that appreciates love. Love is inspired by memory, experience, and trust, and how do you develop those without chaos? I love my trinkets and the memories they carry, but I don't want to limit my future experiences and memories just to be stuck in the past. I want to be intentional about how I live. I want to live in chaos, experience the love of those around me, and feel content that I am loved back through all the hard times. And so, in the spirit of chaos, I recently adopted another cat. <laughs> Her name is Tiny, 
She's a seven-pound bundle of love who just finished raising four kittens when I adopted her. She and Sunny are incredibly different in almost every way. Where Sunny is chaotic, Tiny is explorative and curious. Where Sunny is affectionate and clingy, Tiny is quietly appreciative and gentle. Watching these two cats grow closer to each other, despite their differences, warms my heart every day. I understand now, in ways I never did as a child, how deeply a parent's love runs for their how deeply a parent's love for their children runs, cat or otherwise. <laughs> I would do anything for Sunny and Tiny. I get to wake up every morning to Sunny sleeping at my side and open my curtains to find Tiny sleeping in her window bed. I get to come home to their excited meows and incomprehensible stories of all the trouble they got up to during the day. And I get to wake up annoyed at three in the morning to them chasing each other around my studio apartment. I wouldn't change that for the world. I've grown a lot over the past year. I got my first real job. I got my own apartment. I moved into a space by myself. I adopted my precious kitties, and I've learned so much through all of it. I had my first significant other a while ago, and while we were together, I learned just how much thought goes into relationships and love and trust. I told my mom during a car ride once how my feelings for the significant other were so strong that I felt as if I could love him. But my trust and our time together didn't run deep enough for me to feel secure to allow that much vulnerability. I realized then how intentional love is, how your heart doesn't just fly out of your chest at every person you hold dear. There's trust behind love, and behind trust is time and experience. Beyond those is respect and communication and appreciation. For me, there was no way to fall in love with someone because it was such a conscious decision. Why would I trust a person with my love when they have not earned it? I used to romanticize first loves and love at first sight as a child. The thought of being loved immediately, despite my flaws and feelings, so close to another, so, so quickly, was enchanting. Sadly, I've learned that people in the real world are not as deeply loving and perfect as Disney princes. <laughs> love is intentional. Love is earned through so much more than fleeting emotions. Love is being sad about a broken whale bowl, but making sure your cat wasn't hurt by the glass. Love is giving that cat forehead kisses and telling him that he is worth far more than a memory from the past. Intentionality works to make life and all, is, all its experiences as close to amazing as they possibly can be. In a world filled with chaos, sadness, and hurt, being deliberate about your actions and your emotions can lead to far more fulfilling experiences. If you intend to be happy, you will cherish all the moments that fulfill that happiness. And while sadness is inevitable, deliberately aiming for happiness can reduce the impact of that sadness. There is no need to live as something or in a state that we do not wish to be. Of course, living in a state of pure happiness is neither ideal nor practical. There is bound to be sadness in this world, just as the sun is destined to rise in the morning. There is no escaping an emotion that can be so entirely gut-wrenching and powerful, but there is value in seeing the possibility of experiences outside of sadness. 
Intentionality means seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, despite it being the smallest speck on a horizon of darkness. I have learned that I want to live intentionally. I want to live with the intention to be happy, with the intention to love others and myself. I want to be intentional with my feelings and stay safe, yet vulnerable, with my emotions and memories. <coughs> During a high school English course, my class was instructed to memorize a quote by Henry David Thoreau. I'm going to read it now, so I don't make a fool of myself, but I, along with many of my other classmates, still remember the words. He wrote, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. His words stuck with me, not just because we had to memorize them, but because he is announcing that in order to understand his life, how he lives and what he values, he needs to hold intention behind his actions. No student has ever attended school without the intention to learn anything and learned. There should be passion and deliberation behind our actions so that we can achieve value out of all things we find important. Whether you enter school, a job, a relationship, or just simply life with the intention to draw value from it, or you learn over time to become intentional, you're still working towards the same goal, yourself. We all want to have meaning in the world, and most days we all want to find as much joy as possible. Joy feels good. Love feels good. We can all be a little selfish when it comes to our own well-being and those we love. We're human. That's the beauty of all the troubles that we face. What more can we do but live life with the intention to make the best of everything that can be made the best of? To find joy and love and all other good for not only ourselves, but for the ones we love. Life is full of intentions. Throughout this past year, I've learned it's okay to be a little selfish. It's okay to want what's best for yourself, to put yourself first. And it's okay to want what's best for your family, your friends, the neighbor across the hall, or someone on the street you've never met. Our priorities all lie in different places, and they change constantly throughout our lives. As long as we approach life with the intention of good and the intention to feel good, who can fault us?